MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. Today, Williams, Colonel Vindman, Volker, and Morrison testify in the impeachment hearings. Epstein guards are indicted. More deposition transcripts are released. Assange rape charges are dropped. A Nunez aide tries to sue Politico. Where is Trump? More witness intimidation and North Korea talks breakdown. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Amanda Reeder. Hello. Hello. Jordan is taking a vacation day. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I um, had a nice personal day yesterday. Very needed. Good. And Jordan's doing comedy today, right? Yeah, she's in Vegas doing oh, yeah. the opening for Vicky Barbalak at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. That's, that's so awesome. Featuring, actually. she's That's a really, really good gig if uh, if you're, well, too late. Uh, if you saw yeah. it, yay. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is tomorrow. It will have already happened by the time you hear this. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, just something I... I wanted to cover really quick about the North Korea talks breaking down because we're not going to do the full story because we're pretty much wall-to-wall impeachment today. I think you're covering Assange and Epstein. I am covering uh, Patel and Epstein. Okay. So let me just really quickly cover the Assange. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sweden dropped his rape charges. Oh. And I don't know. I haven't, there's, I don't have a lot of information about this Mm -hmm. yet because like I said, I've been glued to my television and the the hearings are still happening. They're Mm -hmm. wrapping up, but they're still happening. But um, that means he's now probably eligible to be ex- uh, extradited to the United States. And I don't right. know if there was any pressure from our Department of Justice to to drop those charges. Um, because Sweden would have had the like, pr- you can't have two extraditions active at once, right? Is that what it was? Right. Okay. Well, you, you, you can't. Yeah, it's like you okay. have to go to one or the other. Right. Okay. So it looks like Sweden dropped him. I don't know if that was in deference to the United States extradition. Mm. Um, but I know that I think this Department of Justice and Barr wants Assange. And I don't know if it's to either help with their, you know, conspiracy theories about what went down in 2016 or just to get... Uh, Chelsea Manning, who Obama um, commuted the sentence of. Yeah. So it, it could be one or the other um, or both. I'm not sure, but it's interesting. And we'll keep following that story. And and then North Korea talks break down. Basically, um, uh, Kim Jong-un's like, nah, bro, we're good. We don't need to talk to you anymore. There, there was a walkout of a meeting. Uh, with Trump? Yeah. Not I, a meeting with Trump. But, oh, okay. With American officials. Yes. So okay. that apparently that is just... I didn't even back know on about the, this. On the back burner. I didn't even know about this. I didn't, I mean, look, I know there are continuing talks, but like th- there's so much news and impeachment is taking up so much of our lives that I was like, oh, North Korean news, didn't hear about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it, yeah, so that, because, you know, Trump has a love mm-hmm. letter and uh, just all sorts of things. Uh, but the these talks have broken down completely now. Uh, and so, you know, um, it, it, apparently, you know, from the Washington Post, at least, they, they're they saying the U.S. is breaking off talks with South Korea over costs of military alliance. And that might have been what um, uh, that that was the meeting that they walked out with, not North Korea. Right. Um, so that's South Korea. Um, they break off the defense costs amid South Korea backlash over five billion dollar demand, mm-hmm. uh, according to Reuters. So it, it seems like that might have, you know, triggered North Korea to be like, eh. You know, we're good. Um, so I'll, I'll have more about that probably in the um, Mueller She Wrote episode over the weekend. But mm-hmm. um, it, they're basically saying the breakdown in talks was a rare public sign of discord in the airtight alliance that has for 70 years formed a buffer against North Korean aggression, which each side blaming the other for being unprepared to compromise on sharing costs of keeping 28,500 U.S. military personnel in South Korea. Wow. Trump has insisted South Korea pay more and has suggested pulling troops out altogether. So that's what's going on there. Yeah. Well, not a good time to not be supporting South Korea. It's never a good time to not support <laughs> South Korea. True. Truth. Especially with what you're doing over in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and NATO mm-hmm. and pretty much everything else. Yeah. So and then trying to reach out to your buddies overseas mm-hmm. for help with 
conspiracy theories. It's just all very interesting. Anyway, I just want to kind of get that out of the way because we're going to probably just sort of stick to impeachment here. And then we've got a couple of other little side stories. But I guess there's a couple of things to say about impeachment. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. So uh, let's get to it and uh, hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So as I said, four witnesses testified in the impeachment inquiry today. Pence staffer Jennifer Williams, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, we know him, Ambassador Volker, and the guy who took over Fiona Hill's job after she resigned, Tim Morrison. Um, it's of note that the Republicans had both Volker and Morrison on their list of witnesses. So that's what happened. Uh, so that, you know, they, you know, Schiff is like, in the interest of, you know, bipartisanship, et cetera, we're bringing in Volker and Morrison. They were going to bring Volker and Morrison in anyway, because after, you know, we learned about uh, a bunch of, after we've had some, uh, you know, testimony last week from Yovanovitch and Taylor, Kent, and then of course the closed door deposition by Holmes, uh, questions then became clear about Volcker's testimony and how it contradicted not just the public testimony that we've had, but mm-hmm. some of those private depositions in the dungeon, uh, the, as <laughs> as the Republicans call it today. The What they call it? The, I don't know. The, so fucking dramatic. The interview dungeon or some shit, some dungeon thing. I don't know. Probably a Roger Stone invention. Uh, so let's begin with um, the first two witnesses today, and that was Williams and Colonel Vindman. Mm-hmm. Vindman's opening statement like brought me to tears, I swear to God, especially at the end when he said, Dad, today is proof that you made the right decision 40 years ago to leave the Soviet Union and come here to America in search of a better life for our family. Do not worry. I will be fine for telling the truth. Wow. Because his dad, and he went a little bit deeper into it later, but his yeah. dad very concerned because in Soviet Russia. Yeah, you don't, you, yeah, you're harmed for speaking you, truth to power. He, yeah, he said I would be murdered. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I would uh, be I would have a fall out of a four-story apartment mm-hmm. balcony, off a balcony. So that statement was just stunning to me. And and despite Ratcliffe raising concerns that none of the fact witnesses used the word bribery in their depositions, he even brought out a stack of depositions to be all dramatic. They do that. Republicans like to bring out stacks of paper. <laughs> tree killers. Um, <laughs> Trump did that. Remember, he was like, I'm cutting all these... Uh, you know, programs, this government waste. And he brought out literally like 20 reams of paper and stacked them up and put a bow on it. Like, here's your present. I, I just killed trees. Uh, and honestly, that violates he the... He seems like the kind of guy who needs to print an email. <laughs> he does. And then he writes on it and yeah. faxes it to people. Exactly. Uh, but that... There's actually a, a a rule in government policy, uh, you know, paperless, that we went paperless. So he actually violated a lot of rules printing all that shit out. It's probably just a blank just piece a of paper fact. anyway. Just a fun fact. Another rule he broke. <laughs> yeah, just another one. Um, so Schiff addressed that uh, about the bribery not being mentioned once. It was only, he's, it actually was mentioned once and it was in, in conjunction with, uh, the, with Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Joe Biden. So Schiff addressed this by explaining to Republicans who might not know, but probably do know, and we're just being dicks, that fact witnesses do not make determinations about what high crimes or misdemeanors the president committed. Congress does that. Same goes for a regular criminal trial. Mm-hmm. When you have witnesses come into a criminal trial, they don't say, well, yeah, that was definitely a perjury, X 18 section 1001. I, you know, that they just tell you what they know and then. They either the grand jury and then or the the jury, depending on what part of the investigation or trial you're in, will make the determination about what crimes are going to be charged mm-hmm. uh, in in the grand jury's case or what you know crimes are going to be convicted of in 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 the trial. Right. So. That was just dumb. Uh, we learned new information that Vindman was offered a position in Ukraine as the defense minister, I think, and in a clear attempt to bolster the Republican talking point that Colonel Vindman is duly obliged, right? But, I, like, he's got, you know, loyalty, split loyalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not really for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that backfired spectacularly and blew up in their faces because Colonel Vindman said he was offered the job three times and refused. Uh, then he went immediately and reported it to superiors and everyone kind of had a laugh about it. And it never came up after that. It really just shows how awesome he is. Yeah. Um, and, and he remains an American in an American uniform and testified that he is an American and would never consider such a position, despite prior military personnel taking high level positions in foreign governments. I mean, this has happened before. I think you mentioned an Air Force colonel or something like that. And he's also joking, yeah. like, I'm just a lieutenant colonel. I'm not even full bird. Like, I don't even know why, you know. They, they would do that, but ha ha ha, I guess they really like me. <laughs> so that that's a testament to how rad you are, not how shitty you are. No, he also like he, you can just tell from watching him 
in this cute little teddy bear face. He, he was adorbs. a good guy. <laughs> He's I, I can't wait. I wanted I to judge our people's energies, man. That's, I, what, that's what it always is for me. I'm like, I can tell. <laughs> I wanted him to sit next to his twin brother so I could be like, oh, twins. Twins fascinate me, freak me out. Like I could have an entirely, we could do an entire episode just about twins and my feelings on twins. But isn't, <laughs> isn't it weird? Yeah. Twins are, tw- I think they're fascinating. Yeah, Absolutely fascinating. Right? And they have these weird connections. Yeah. And their own languages. And it's, yeah, it's weird, I do like watching documentaries on twins. It's fascinating. And yeah. I think somebody could do a really good one on the Vinmans. Um, some of the statements, though, with Vinman and the lines of questioning from mm-hmm. uh, from Colonel Vinman, I found to be incredibly relevant to debunking the Republican talking points. The first GOP defense being that Zelensky said there was no pressure, everything was fine, no bribery. Uh, Vinman said about the July 25th call, quote, Chairman, without hesitation, I knew I had to report this to the White House counsel. I had concerns and it was my duty to report my concerns to the proper people in the chain of command. It was inappropriate. It was improper for the president to request to demand an investigation into a political opponent, especially from a foreign power, where there is at best a dubious belief that this would be an impartial investigation and it would have significant implications if it became public knowledge. It would be perceived as a partisan play, which would undermine national security. And what, mm. he's, what he's talking about there is that, you know, if, if even even just the withholding of aid, whether it was conditional on anything, mm-hmm puts Ukraine in a position of weakness yeah. uh, and, and vulnerability to Russia, even just withholding shows. Yeah. Even if there was no quid pro quo, like that aside, just the withholding of aid without even knowing what the conditions are, it's still totally unacceptable. Yeah. And the, pre- the president not showing up, but the vice president even not showing up, sending Rick Perry uh, and Ron Johnson mm-hmm. to, to go to the inaugural, that's shitty, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because that, that you're we're supposed to show... Uh, solidarity with with Ukraine. That that is U.S. policy. Ha- always has been on Ukraine, um, and so that he went through that. But then Goldman, who is an excellent legal mind, by the way, asked because he did this uh, like because his his next question was based on that response, and he just was quick as a whip with this. He says, "Now you say this is a demand, uh, the favor the president asked. What is it?" about the relationship between the president of the United States and the president of Ukraine that led you to believe that when the president asks the uh, the president of the United States asks a favor like this it's actually a demand and this is something i've been wanting them to bring up i've been wanting them to talk about the disparity of power between these two presidents yeah intent yeah and colonel vinman replies chairman the military culture the culture i come from when a senior asks you to do something even if it's uh, polite and pleasant it is not to be taken as a request. It's to be taken as an order. In this case, with the power disparity between the two leaders, my impression was that to get this meeting, President Zelensky would have to look, deliver these investigations. Yeah. So that's that power dynamic. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can say like there was no, yeah, his tone was not pressuring. There was no pressure. But like there's an order coming from the president of the United States that's an order. It's almost like the inability of President Zelensky to consent. Yeah. What if? Well, yeah. Right. Like, what was is he supposed to be like? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, just because he asked gently doesn't mean it wasn't an order. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, people who have former U.S. attorneys I've spoken to prosecuted mafia cases. This is how they do. They don't call up and say, uh, "Hey, here's what my bribery is today under U.S. Section Code. You know, whatever <laughs> bribery code is. Uh, I need this for that specifically. Here's the quid for this quo. And if you don't get it, I'm going to extort you. <laughs> you know, they they don't speak like that. Mm-hmm. It's a nudge and a wink, and it's a, I need you to do me a favor though. And another exchange that stood out to me was where Goldman established through questioning that between April 21st, Earth Day, when Trump told, I know everyone says it's not the 21st, but I'm going by the original song. Uh, April 21st, when Trump told Zelensky he would send Pence to the inaugural and May 13th, when Jennifer Williams learned that Pence would not be going uh, to the inaugural. Miss Williams did not know what changed between the promise and the revocation of the promise. Uh, And then after he established that, he asked Vinman, Gold, Gold, Goldman asked Vinman, Colonel Vinman, about uh, things that occurred. I'm not going to ever not call him Colonel Vinman again. Mm-hmm. We'll get into why later. But uh, he, he asked Colonel Vinman about things that occurred during that time frame. Here's what happened in that time frame between Pence, between the, that friendly call that Nunes read between Trump and Zelensky, like, yeah, I'll send Pence. You get Pence. Mm-hmm. And then when they learned that Pence wasn't going, Yovanovitch was recalled. Trump had a phone call with Putin. Goldman brought that up. I thought that was interesting. 
And Giuliani had planned a trip to pressure Ukraine to initiate the investigations that Trump mentioned in the July 25th call. And that's all in the space of like three weeks. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Wow. April 21st to May 13th. So. Uh, Just a couple of things. <laughs> the phone call with Putin strikes me uh, as very interesting, and, and that was brought up specifically. I don't know if they know what was on that phone call with Putin, but they tend not to ask questions without knowledge, but maybe different in, in impeachment cases. You know, this isn't Mueller, so... Uh, Jennifer Williams' testimony didn't change from the deposition we read, except to say that the tweet from tr- Trump naming her was surprising because he, you know, attacked her in, in, on Twitter. She also spoke about how and when she learned Pence was held back from going to Zelensky's inauguration by Trump again, but that she didn't know why. Uh, if you guys hear that sound, it's raining. Which never happens in San Diego. In San Diego, we're very excited. First rain in forever. That's going to be nice. Because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of dust right now. Yes. And this will tamper that. Uh, my favorite line of the day was when Congressman Maloney asked Colonel Vinman, quote, you're putting yourself in direct opposition to the most powerful person in the world. Why do you have confidence that you can do that and tell your dad not to worry? And Vinman said, Congressman, because this is America, here right matters and i thought that that was fantastic That's really um, nice. and the the thing that i was talking about colonel vinman there there was a fire moment today when nunez said uh, mr vinman and pinman said uh, minority uh, ranking minority or minority member ranking minority member it's lieutenant colonel vinman please <laughs> and i was like what <laughs> like dancing around like i demand respect you don't call me mr vinman and then somebody later was like, why'd you do that? And he's like, I'm in uniform. I'm a lieutenant colonel. That's how you talk to me. Yeah, I'm at a United States government facility in uniform. That's how you refer to me. Yeah. If you were in the military, you'd have to salute me. You know, if you were a lower rank. Oh, nope, not inside a government building. Sorry. Mm-hmm. My only salute covered outdoors. Anyway, we'll be right back with the incredible changes in testimony of Volker and Morrison. Hey, everybody. If you're looking for a thoughtful, unique gift this holiday season, you need to check out Society6. Society6 is home to hundreds of thousands of artists from around the globe, uploading and selling their original works as premium consumer goods. They create, we produce and fulfill, and every purchase pays an artist. You'll find everything from the wall art and furniture to home decor and lifestyle accessories. Society6 has a huge array of products with literally millions of designs to choose from. Uh, my, my mom is the hardest person to shop for in the family. The only thing she likes is uh, the Cleveland Browns, and most of the time she's yelling at them. But with Society6, I did find her an original painting uh, of Brown Stadium, and I had to put it on a throw pillow, and she loves it. Uh, <laughs> she sits on it in her recliner while screaming at the Browns. It's fantastic. So no matter who you're shopping for, you can find that niche gift. And I love it. You're sure to find a unique gift for everybody on your list. You choose what you love. Society6 Custom makes it makes it to order and ships to you directly. What I think is so cool about Society6 is it's nice to know your gift was designed by an independent artist and creator and crafted by an actual person and not just grabbed from a shelf in a warehouse. Uh, empower creativity across the world by allowing independent artists to do what they love and find amazing, beautiful, and unique goods. All with Society6. Give thoughtful and unique gifts this holiday season with Society6. You get 30% off and free shipping. Get all your shopping done and use our code DAILYBEANS at s6.co slash dailybeans. That's s6.co slash dailybeans, promo code dailybeans. Society6, design your everyday with the art you love. All right, welcome back. It's raining. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Today was a good day. Uh, I'm going to make y'all feel good here. Because the second half of the day, everyone was like, what's happening? This seems weird. Uh, But the theme was in retrospect and in hindsight. Uh, We saw testimony from Volcker and Morrison, more Republican-friendly witnesses, uh, as they were both listed on the minority witness list. I'm actually kind of impressed with how Volcker was able to squirm out of the spot he had lied himself into previously on his testimony October 3rd. Volker testified that Giuliani was being stupid uh, today by peddling the Burisma conspiracy theories and that he took uh, he took it as his job and, you know, his job and Morrison's job to deal with Giuliani, to be a handler, uh, as was directed in a May 23rd meeting. Uh, Both Volker and Morrison testified it was their policy goal to get the money to Ukraine and that by handling Giuliani and helping with the investigations, that was a way that they could do that. Um, So they were kind of their, their story was. Yeah, no, there was totally uh, quid pro quo. And we were just trying to put pressure on with the investigations to get them their money. 
that was our goal. That was our that was the most important part of our policy that we were trying to achieve. Morrison said he did not understand at the time that the investigation into Burisma was code for Biden. Uh, and that's how they're worming their way out of this. Um, I predict the same line. We'll hear from we'll, we'll hear the same line from Sunland tomorrow. Though I don't know how he's going to pull that off when he told people in the July 10th meeting uh, with his mouth that Ukraine had to investigate the Bidens in 2016 to get the White House meeting, not to mention the overheard phone call in the Kiev cafe. Uh, Volker said, quote, I do not know that Trump or others had raised Biden with Ukrainians or I conflated the investigation into possible Ukrainian corruption with investigations into the former vice president. With retrospect, as for the Ukrainians, I understand how that would have been confusing. In hindsight, I now understand that others saw the idea of investigating possible corruption involving Burisma as equivalent to investigating Biden. I saw that as very different at the time, the former being appropriate and unremarkable, the latter being unacceptable. In retrospect, I should have seen the connection differently, and I, had I done so, I would have raised my own objections. So he's like, I would, had I known, had I not been so dumb that I didn't, had no clue that Burisma meant the Bidens, I, I would have said something. That's unacceptable that's how they're getting out of it okay (laughs) (laughs) okay trumper sure sure, buddy Um, but I a, mean, look, like if you're going to use any excuse as any, any any defense as an excuse right now, stupidity is an appropriate one. Yeah. And they referred to <laughs> they referred to Sundland as the Gordon problem, which is probably going to be a, a massive hashtag. It might be trending. Check it out. Um, so but that is a massive shift. And I'm glad they came around to tell the truth or at least to worm their way out of lies. Uh, I don't know if what, what they did was I would call telling the truth, but They've come clean, so to speak. They've amended their bullshit stories. He was supposed to be a star witness for the Republicans, but instead he made clear that what happened was inappropriate because on October 3rd, when he testified, he was asked if there was any discussion during that meeting about Giuliani's activity in Ukraine. And he said no. But in his statement today, he corrected it, saying, as I remember, the meeting was essentially over when Sunland made a general comment about investigations. I think all of us thought it was inappropriate. Uh, The conversation did not continue and the meeting concluded. So generally, while he says he was too dumb to realize it at the time, he gets it now, and it was wrong. Uh, He's still full of shit, like I said, insinuating that it just all went over his head, but like I said, he's coming around to saying that in retrospect, in hindsight, in retrospect, how he understands it now, looking back, what Trump did was wrong. Uh, Both men agreed that the policy to release the aid... Um, that the policy was to release the aid that, you know, that was the policy uh, and that they were just trying to get that done and trying to handle Giuliani and juggle all these balls. And, and at the time, they just didn't realize Burisma meant Biden. And in retrospect, that's fucked up. And we're really, really sorry. That's what I that's what I took away from it. And I think that's what most Americans will take away from it. Additionally, Morrison testified under oath that after the meeting in Warsaw, Pence and Zelensky attended, along with a couple dozen diplomats, that Sundland and Yermak had a sidebar after that meeting. He then said that afterwards, Sundland told him that the Ukrainians would have to have the prosecutor general make a statement with respect to the investigations, uh, with respect to having the aid lifted. Right there. We have Nunez's best hopes getting flushed down the toilet. And he also talked about a September 7th discussion with Sundland, who had just gotten off the phone with Trump and told him that Trump said there was no quid pro quo, but... Zelensky would have to make the statement about the investigations, and he had to want to do it. So this That's, is, <laughs> yeah. Don't you hate that too? Like when you, like when you you tell your significant other, like, tell me what you need, tell me what you want, and they're like, I don't should have to tell you. You should just know, and then I shouldn't have to ask. And you, you know, no, you you need to tell me. Yeah. yeah. Um. So communication, <laughs> <Sorry>. it's important. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't. They didn't know. Uh, Burisma meant the Bidens, so I don't give them too much credit for understanding how words work. But uh, so Zelensky would have to make the statement about the investigations and he had to want to do it. And this is all testimony about Sundland. Sundland talking to Yermak. Sundland texting Yermak. Sundland saying this. Sundland getting off the phone with Trump, saying that Trump... Uh, said Zelensky would have to make the statement, not the inspector, not not inspector general, but uh, prosecutor general, uh, et cetera. So this is just a setup for Sunland. They're just throwing Sunland under the bus and he's going to have to come clean about everything tomorrow. At the end, Schiff went, at, Schiff went after them uh, for their differences in their testimony. But he wasn't going to let him off the hook. Yeah. Uh, he said, hey, Volker, we asked you about the July 10th meeting and you told us some bullshit about why it ended early. What the fuck? 
I'm paraphrasing. And Volker said... <laughs> Only slightly. <laughs> and Volker said exactly what Sondland said in his amended testimony, in that supplemental testimony he turned in. He said that after he saw the testimony of Hill and Vindman, his memory was refreshed. Schiff also asked him about Volker's <laughs> previous testimony, about what he knew about the investigations, and that he didn't remember about Sondland bringing them up in the July 10th meeting. And Ambassador Bolton called an end to that meeting, which he described as a drug deal, and you had no recollection of that? And Volker says, no, I did not remember that at the time of my October 3rd testimony. When I read the testimony from Alex Vindman, that jogged my memory. And I said, yes, that's right. That did happen. I do not still at this point remember there being an abrupt end to the meeting. Schiff wraps up by confirming with both Volker and Morrison that it's, in fact, inappropriate to ask a foreign government to investigate a political rival. Vol- Vol- Volker's like, yeah, bro, that's not right. Morrison says, hypothetically, it's inappropriate. And Schiff goes, this hypothetically read the transcript this isn't a hypothetical trump asked zelensky to investigate the bidens and and uh morrison goes i can only tell you what i was thinking at the time uh i didn't understand that to be that uh to me what trump was doing uh i didn't understand that to be what trump was doing even though those are the words trump said he didn't understand that Schiff says but this is the first time you went to like in your career this is the first time you've ever gone to the national security council lawyer after a call right Yes. And that you were concerned it would leak. Yes. Well, the problem with it leaking is that what would be leaking is a president asking a foreign head of state to investigate Mr. Biden. Isn't that right? And would you say, Mr. Morrison, that it would be inappropriate for Trump to ask Zelensky to investigate John Kasich or Nancy Pelosi or Kurt Volker? And he's like, no, that wouldn't be appropriate. But it's okay if it's Biden. And he says, as I said, I can only tell you what I thought at the time. (laughs) Then there was a long pause by Schiff. He (laughs) says that, and then Schiff just looks at the camera. He, like, fourth walls us and just does this long pause, which I'm glad he took because I sat there and went, whoa, for, like, a minute. And then Speaking to his people. And then Schiff was like, all right, dude. You know, it was just really Mm -hmm. funny. Uh, So the testimony in the afternoon was a big, long setup for Sunland, and all the lights are on him tomorrow, and this is really, really bad for Trump. Uh, These were the Republican witnesses, and they confirmed everything we've been saying, everything that all the other witnesses have been saying. And now Sunland is going to have to confirm all the shit that he left out of his testimony, and that's going to be very interesting to watch. Given that Volcker and Morrison changed their tunes to avoid perjury charges, I'm going to put beans on Sunland doing Mm -hmm. the same thing. And he'll probably be like, I don't know how he could get away with saying that's not how I understood it at the time. Uh He might actually just have to say, I lied. I didn't recall, and now I recall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, cause if you say you lied, then you admit to perjury. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So he, I think I didn't recall and now I recall. Yeah. Uh, that would be, there's his, not a lot of wiggle room for him here. There isn't. So this testimony, they, these of, guys took his idea. Yeah. <laughs> and now he can't use it. Oh shit. Uh, so it's like when you, when someone gets picked before you for a class project and you're like, you took my idea. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Like um, on project runway. Yeah. So, so. Button bag. Up, up. They got the buttons first. That's going to be today when pe- people are listening to this on Wednesday morning. So it's going to be Sondland today. Yes. <gasps> wow. Yes. Much excite. It is much excite. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Very much excite. excite. Internet speak. Fun times. (laughs) Twitters. Doge. Friends. (laughs) Much impeach. Much much impeach. Much impeach. I like that. We're going to write that one down. The biggest impeachment you've ever seen. The biggest, the best, a perfect impeachment. (laughs) Winning. All right. We'll be right back with more news, including the transcripts for David Hale and David Holmes. Stick around. Hey, everybody, this Helping of the Daily Beans is brought to you by Audible. Audible has an unmatched selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivational books, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. Users can sign up as an Audible listener, which gives them audiobook credits each month for a low monthly fee. Membership includes one free audiobook a month, uh, exclusive sales, and 30% off all regularly priced audiobooks. Download and access all your audio entertainment on your phone, iPhone, Android device, Fire tablet, iPod, or other MP3 player. Listen on any portable device anytime, anywhere with the free Audible app. It's great while commuting at the gym. I listen to my books when I'm flying on the plane during your holiday travels. With Audible, you'll also uh, enjoy easy audiobook exchanges. Don't like it? Swap it. Love it? And you can share it. Share any book from your library with anyone, and if it's their first time accepting an audiobook through this feature, they can listen for free. Best of all, unlike streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own your books uh, in your own audiobook library that you keep forever, even if you cancel. 
I recommend Sherlock Holmes by Arthur Conan Doyle. The narrator is fantastic. The stories are captivating. It's crazy long. It's like six parts, and there's much bang for the buck. It's elementary, my dear Watson. Uh, Also, every political book you could ever imagine, oftentimes read by the author, which is my favorite part. And right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash dailybeans or text dailybeans to 500-500. That's audible.com slash dailybeans or text dailybeans to 500-500. You'll be glad you did. I like how I point at you. <laughs> you, you'll be glad you did. I'm a method reader when I do ads. <laughs> See, but I'm really into it. I love audio. I do. I just freaking get all my books on audiobooks. I download them all, listen to them on the plane. It's good. I rack up so many credits. Like, I, I had just to like... Get, every book I want is like free now. Not for, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Get, I have my credits. But I also felt really guilty for a long time about audiobooks because I was like, oh, it's not really reading. But then I was like, I don't know, like my eyes are too tired to read real books mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I just want to lie down and be catatonic and absorb my books. Yeah. And I also like to do stuff. Yes. Like walk around the yeah, yeah, or go for a or run whatever. or whatever. Yeah. It's good for active, but it's also good for rest if your eyes are too tired. Yes. Either or. So, Absolutely. Anyway, audiobooks. Yay. And <laughs> uh, I like I just recently uh, finished Becoming by Michelle Obama. She oh. reads it. Oh, it's like yeah, she's that's reading right. to me. That's right. A lot of time audiobooks are, are actually narrated by the people who wrote them or yeah. like someone special. I forget about that. Yeah. That's true. All right. Well, uh, there you go. Extra yeah. long commercial. You're welcome. Time for, for audiobooks. Text audio Daily Beans to 500, 500. <laughs> uh, and so... Uh, back to we're we're now on hot note C block. If you mm-hmm. want to do our b- behind the scenes uh, scripting, we're at uh, thirty fifty five hot note C block in three <laughs> two one. <laughs> All right. So Monday late night, the House impeachment investigators released transcripts for David Hale and David Holmes, the Davids. Hale is a high-ranking State Department official who also served as the ambassador to Jordan, Lebanon, and Pakistan. David Holmes works at the U.S. Embassy in uh, in Ukraine. So let's start with David Hale. So Hale met with Yovanovitch in March 2019 in Kiev and told lawmakers she was doing a very good job and, and then asked her if she would consider extending her stay as ambassador through the summer of 2020, I think July, and that's what she testified to. By that time, he was aware that Congressman One from the Parnas and Fruman indictment, known as Pete Sessions, had told Pompeo that Yovanovitch was saying derogatory things about Trump, an, an accusation that he says is untrue. No, no basis for that accusation. Uh, Hale also testified that uh, the Solomon articles, Solomon's the guy who writes all these um, articles for The Hill, uh, that, you know, basically he's taken all the Giuliani um, BS uh, from the like the Furtosh dossier on Biden and whatever the fuck. And, and Solomon's publishing all this bullshit for mm-hmm. him. That's the that's the uh, lobbying that that um, Giuliani is doing for Ukraine that he did not register for, which is why he's under investigation for violating the Foreign Agency Registration Act. So. He testified, uh, Hale testified that Solomon articles from The Hill um, alleged that Yovanovitch had handed a do not prosecute list to Ukrainian authorities and said that that was an outright fabrication. He also said he raised the idea of Pompeo releasing a statement of support for Yovanovitch. Um, Pompeo asked the State Department counselor Breckbuehl to contact those who had been circulating the rumors about Yovanovitch and then said any statement would have to wait for those to be completed or, you know, resolved. But the big story out of Hale's testimony is that Pompeo apparently called Hannity from Fox News to demand to know what evidence he had to corroborate the BS accusations against Yovanovitch. Hale said, quote, I never met anyone who felt they had received that credible evidence that the accusations against Yovanovitch had any validity. Uh, Pompeo never released a statement of support. And Hale testified that there was a fear that Trump would react negatively and he'd rather contain it and wait it out. So it seems like from Hale's perspective here that Pompeo wanted to support his people, but couldn't because of Trump. Uh, I'd be interested. I I don't understand why Pompeo doesn't testify to that. Um, That makes me sound like Pompeo was never going to do it, you know? Um, Let's see. Hale also testified it was Mulvaney that ordered the hold on the military aid and said he was told the aid was being suspended uh, by the presidential uh, presidential directive. Quote, I wanted clarity. I wanted the name of a named person who was saying this. Uh, that this was the president's wish. I never got that response until we were in a small group meeting on July 25th, in which the Office of Management and Budget, Budget stated on the record that it was the president through Chief of Staff Mulvaney that put on put the hold on the military aid. Um, we also got David Holmes' transcript and the State Department. He's the State Department official that overheard the call between Sunland and Trump, where Trump was yelling and Sunland had to hold the phone away. I can just picture this. Like, I know. <laughs> Like, uh. <laughs> oh god he's yelling at me <laughs> yeah or, and he apparently he, he testified Holmes testified that like Trump was like ah hello and, and like Sunland winced and had to hold, hold, hold like 
hold the phone away from his face because he's so fucking loud. Um, and we already know what happened during that call. That was the he loves your ass. He'll do whatever you ask him to, blah, blah, blah. Because uh, we've covered that before. But some new things that uh, Holmes testified to. And this is this is just his deposition. He's testifying publicly this Thursday. Uh, but Holmes said, I've never seen anything like this. Someone calling the president from a mobile phone at a restaurant and then having a conversation of this level of candor, colorful language. <laughs> There's just so much about the call that was so remarkable that I remember it vividly. He also noted that at least two of the three mobile networks in Ukraine are owned by Russian companies. So likely Russia has a recording of their call. Mm-hmm. That immediately, though, reminded me of the reason Oleg Deripaska was suing Manafort for $19 million. That is until Manafort started working for Trump and gave Deripaska campaign updates and polling numbers to make whole the debt that he owed to Deripaska. And he gave that information via indicted Russian intel connection, Konstantin Kalimnik. Uh, um, Oleg, (laughs) OVD, was suing him because of a failed telecom deal. So in Ukraine, so they wanted to hmm. do some telecom deal, and uh, the, then uh, you know, uh, Deripaska like funded the whole thing, and yeah. then Manafort just ran away. <laughs> so that's just interesting, uh, and it makes me wonder if Deripaska owns telecommunications, and I, you know, in, U- in Ukraine, you. yeah, yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all, or at least anyone who has their hands in any of the telecommunication companies in Ukraine have Russian ties. Yeah, I. Yeah. I mean, also, telecommunications is one of those things that you can monopolize and weaponize so easily. Uh, Absolutely. We do Mm -hmm. it here. So Mm -hmm. why not there? Uh, He also testified, Holmes testified, as has everyone, that there's no evidence to support claims that Joe or Hunter Biden engaged in corruption in Ukraine. And he also said Yovanovitch was good at fighting corruption and the smear campaign against her was obvious. They were doing like it's obvious why they were doing it. Um, David, so David Hale will testify Wednesday afternoon. Uh, that's this afternoon. And David Holmes will testify Thursday. And I'm really excited about David Holmes' testimony. Not as interested as I am in Sunland's testimony. That's going to be really, really... Fucking blockbuster. Really interesting. And uh, not to, you know, be outdone, Trump Jr. Uh, intimidated some witnesses today, tweeting about uh, Jennifer Williams and Vinman and, and just some nasty shit about everybody who was testifying today. And so did Trump. Trump, uh, you know, um, tweeted while it was happening as well. And that's just par for the course. I'm not surprised about that anymore. They, they didn't even bring it up in the hearing like they did during uh, Masha Yovanovitch's hearing. Um, and there is a story right now out that Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, although he says, you know, don't worry, I'm safe, dad, etc. Apparently he's asking the army um, for protection uh, for his family. Vinman. Yeah. Um, Colonel Vinman. I mean, look, this is not entirely surprising to me. I can imagine. I try not to look into the specifics of this sort of thing because it just really upsets me. But I know that there are a lot of people who get you know, threats from Trump supporting people in this current climate. So, yeah, it's it's yeah, I would I would do the same thing if you had that resource. Right. Mm -hmm. I would, too. Let me let me see if I can find this here. Army for protection. Um, Because I can't remember where I read it. Uh, Army waves protection for Vinman. That's talking points memo. Yeah. From early this morning. Um, Let's see here on its face. Vinman's vow to his father. He'd be fine for telling the truth. It was heartwarming. Um, they, they escaped the Soviet Union 40 years ago, but it also alluded to a broader concern for Vindman's safety. Uh, and apparently, according to the Washington Post, the Army has been closely monitoring Vindman since he came into the public eye, um, uh, telling Congress he raised alarms about the July 25th call, the pressure campaign implied, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so local police in Virginia, where Vindman lives, have increased drive-by checks on the family in recent days at the Army's request. According to the Post, the Vinman brothers are reportedly uh, growing concerned about their safety as Trump and top Republicans uh, and Trump Jr. and TV hosts have attempted to cast doubt on his patriotism. Uh, So, you know, this uh, these attacks have escalated in recent days. So uh, it looks like Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, minority leader in the Senate, sent a letter to the Pentagon on Monday requesting the Department of Defense um, formally remind civilian and military personnel of the policies surrounding whistleblower protections. Like, hey, just let's make sure everybody knows this. And also asked Defense Secretary Mark Esper to provide him with information about what steps were being taken to protect Vinman and other whistleblowers. So that's interesting. Um, We'll be right back. Uh, We have the rest of the news. We have a lot still to go. So stick around and you will love it. I promise. 
Hey everybody, it's AG, and today's Daily Beans is brought to you by Root Insurance. Uh, I consider myself a good driver, I use my signals, check my blind spots, I don't text and drive or get in accidents, yet my car insurance costs me more than my car. But not anymore, uh, because I have found the ideal, innovative, and inexpensive insurance company for me, Root Insurance. Instead of basing your car insurance rate on your credit score, age, gender, or zip code, Root insures you based on how you drive. By taking the bad drivers out of the equation, Root saved its good drivers up to 52% in 2019. There's a reason why Root has been featured in Forbes, TechCrunch, Wired, The Washington Post, and Fortune. Uh, In 2019, Root was the fastest-growing direct insurance company in the U.S. They're the world's first mobile-first car insurance company. Their insurance card is available right on your phone, and if you get into an accident, you file a claim directly in the app. It's car insurance made easy with rates based on how you drive, not who you are. All you have to do is download the Root insurance app, drive normally for a few weeks during the Root test drive, and see how much you can save. Don't wait and give Root a try. Head to your app store and download the Root Insurance app and sign up in less than a minute to start your test drive today. That's R-O-O-T. Again, download the Root app today or visit joinroot.com to learn more and see how much you could save. Root reserves the right to refuse to quote any individual premium rate for the insurance advertised herein. Savings based on national reviews reported by actual customers. Form 1, not available in all states. This product is not available in California. All right, we're back. It's your turn. Woo! Okay. Um, so let me bring you in. Let me bring in. Please do. Hot notes, D block. I'm kidding. <laughs> I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking at her, at her, and she was waving her fingers, and I was distracted <laughs> looking at my screen. But that's why we need video. That's okay. It's all right. <laughs> you know, here, here we go. And hot, hot notes, jazz hands. Hot notes, jazz fingers. Hands. Spirit fingers. <laughs> so today, Amanda, you've got the rest of the news, which is there's a lot of stuff going on. Epstein. What's going on with Epstein guards? Yeah, we can start with that one. Yeah. Um. I- so two of the guards, which were on duty the night of um, Jeffrey Epstein's death, uh, who were named Michael Thomas and Tova Noel, they were uh, they were on duty at that Manhattan prison. Uh, they have been indicted by a grand jury with six counts to tied to falsifying prison records. Ooh. Yeah, uh, they pleaded not guilty, and they will be released on a one hundred thousand dollar bond. Um, and essentially, the allegations are like. They were browsing the internet for furniture and sleeping and like not doing their jobs and like said that they were checking on people but weren't actually. Yeah, had they not <laughs> falsified the documents, I don't think it would be a crime. Exactly. It just seems so weird to me that this is an indictable crime. Yeah, I think it's just because the people who were, people needed someone to blame, right, in all of this. And so this was someone they could go after. I'm sure a lot of people who are really angry with Jeffrey Epstein were like, who can we go after? Like, who was responsible for this? But um, yeah, they were um, only 15 feet away from them. And yeah, Jeffrey Epstein's cell was closest to the common area, which was approximately 15 feet from where the guards were sitting. And yeah, around the time of his death, they were like either sleeping or like browsing Apparently, the computer history from from that night said people were browsing furniture sales. <laughs> um, so they were there browsing furniture. Yeah, exactly. Not checking on Epstein. Exactly. So uh, from approximately uh, ten thirty p.m. until six thirty a.m. the next morning, uh, when Epstein was found dead, uh, the two never checked on him or any other inmate in the jail's special housing unit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we knew that. Like, there's nothing really new here. Yeah. Uh, just to, just to let everybody know, yeah. you know, if everyone's like, oh, ever since we started the yeah. Epstein memes, exactly. Oh, hey, it's there's there's really nothing new here. There's nothing new here. I mean, apparently they for part of the night they were literally asleep for two yeah. hours. They yeah. were not moving around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as far as who was on site and whether or not there was any corruption or, um, you know, illegality happening in terms of the people who were working there, the guards were just sleeping and browsing furniture sales yeah and if and if in this investigation they have like video evidence that the guards were sleeping then that shows that you know nobody paid the guards to disappear for a minute or Mm -hmm. i mean i'm still on the this is just a poorly run shit prison that was understaffed and underfunded totally train Mm -hmm. and epstein died by suicide but um you know uh they've been indicted i think that's an extraordinary step that's big normally like i said normally if you don't do your job right or you know Totally. Lie in your rounds log or whatever, you get fired. Yeah, not indicted. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, according to the indictment, um, one of the people, Noel, told the supervisor that Epstein hung himself and that she and Thomas never completed the 3 a.m. or the 5 a.m. rounds. 
But mm. yeah, so and then Thomas said, "We messed up. I messed up. She's not to blame. We didn't do any rounds." So they just falsified those documents, and you know, didn't find him dead until hours later. Yeah, so, they would yeah. have been better off if they just didn't falsify the documents. I'm sure we're gonna get like nine million tweets now at Daily Beans Pod. Like, hey, I know <laughs> you don't guess what. I anyway, know. yes. Hey, so let's hey on that. you know what? I might be wrong. That might Look, be wrong. And I mean, I, and if I am, and they find this grand conspiracy will, to swap body swap mm-hmm. him or do some murder thing i'll be like hey i was wrong i remain open but here but these are the facts yes that's so, that's true yeah these um are the facts. yeah I, and i think that's kind of that's our whole mantra here at the daily beans pod we remain open to the possibilities but here are the facts <laughs> and the bad jokes yes and <laughs> here's something super interesting uh friend of the pod i consider a friend natasha bertrand uh sent uh, me a message got to send a tweet out uh she's being sued oh by Nunez's partner. Oh. Or aide. Why? That's your story. Oh, sorry. Natasha Bertrand. I was like, is this a different story? <laughs> oh, my God. Politico. Sorry. That in, one. Yeah, in the script, it's okay, Politico. Cool. Yes, I didn't realize it was Natasha Bertrand. I was like, what? Why? Is this a different story? No, people. This is the story I'm about to tell you about. <laughs> You're um, like, really? Tell me what happened. Tell me what happened. Uh, yes. So <laughs> <laughs> we're fine. Okay. So um, this is from Raw Story. Um, there's a former aide of Devin Nunez called Cash Patel who is suing Politico uh, for uh, a story that exposes his part in all of this Ukraine scandal. And Kash Patel, if you don't know who he is, was a senior national security council staffer with no official role in the Ukraine policy. So yeah, he had he's got a smug fucking face too. to do with it. He wasn't supposed to have anything to do with it whatsoever. So the story by Politico um, claimed that Patel constantly fed negative information about Ukraine to the president and helped convince him that the country was out to get him. And um, also that Patel passing negative information about Ukraine to Donald Trump earlier this year fueled the president's belief that Ukraine was brimming with corruption and interfered in the 2016 election on behalf of Democrats. Um, Patel's lawsuit against the publication might prove to be difficult, though, because uh, the the story accurately describes the testimony of Fiona Hill, um, who said that Trump so regularly talked with Patel about Ukraine that the president falsely believed that Patel was in charge of the National Security Council's Ukraine policy. <laughs> that was just so funny, that, that whole thing where yeah. like they didn't want to upset Trump. Uh, so they didn't send Vinman into the debrief, uh-huh. you know, yeah. because they because he thought Patel was the guy. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we also know that that this is backed up by what um, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vinman also said today. Mm-hmm. Um, the best part of the, the, this whole article is at the end of the raw story article. It says Patel's former boss, Representative Nunez, is no stranger to litigation himself and is currently involved in a lawsuit against a fictitious cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so there's that. So I mean and, and it, it's just shocking. <laughs> it's just like he is, someone who Nunez is very litigious. Yeah. Someone who's supposed to have nothing to do with the policy in a particular country is just feeding bullshit directly. Having a direct line to the president about something he's not supposed to be in charge of. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And Vinman's testifying today like, no, I didn't directly advise the president. That's not my job. I'm yeah. on the NSC council. I'm on the NSC and we develop the policy and the president takes it. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get social. Hashtag. OK, so besides in California right now, hashtag rain is trending. That's how into it we are. <laughs> you guys, it's a rain event. It's a weather phenomenon. We're not used to it. There are a million accidents outside right now. I guarantee you. Uh, everyone gets weird about driving in the rain here. It's just so unusual for us. Um, I'm going to go out and, and hang out in it in, in just a few minutes. <laughs> People around other parts of the country are like, wah, wah. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> like, what is your problem? Um, sorry if you're having like an Arctic blast right now. And we're like, eh, it's raining a little bit. We're so sorry. So <laughs> I put up cones. Um, there's a couple of fun hashtags going on today with from the impeachment hearings. Hashtag the Gordon problem. Because uh, everyone's talking about how they sort of an, uh, like every time Sunland brings something up. Uh, I think Morrison was testifying. Oh, here's Sunland again with his fucking investigations. I roll, you know. Oh, but I never put together that it had anything to do with uh, Joe Biden. Right. Um, so hashtag the Gordon problem. Sounds like a bad rom-com. I know. And what was the dungeon one? I have to because it's not trending, but I want to remember what that who got. said it. Uh, some Republican I, at the end. Let's see. Impeachment dungeon. And, and I bet I can find it. I'm really good at uh, this. Rep Jody Heiss stepping out of Schiff's dungeon for a quick update. Uh, 
<laughs> Inside the Impeachment Dungeon from Breitbart. Oh, apparently, um, that's Schiff's Dungeon. <laughs> oh, are you looking at the Breitbart article too? Yeah, oh, I, I hate that we're giving any airtime to anything Breitbart, but <laughs> and Deroy Murdoch. It is funny sometimes. There's an article on Breitbart that says Adam Schiff in the Chamber of Secrets. Inside the impeachment dungeon. Oh my fucking god! Seriously, they Harry Pottered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Trump is Voldemort. The article so. says Adam Schiff in the Chamber of Secrets inside the impeachment dungeon. Oh my god, so dramatic. Let me search dungeon here and see what's coming up. Why is it a secret dungeon? The way that this is written. Oh my god, I have to read a little bit from this. On the doors are red signs with white letters that say "Restricted Area, No Public or Media Access, Cameras and Recording Devices Prohibited Without Proper Authorization." Behind those doors is a hallway which leads to the secret room where Shift is conducting the impeachment inquiry. <laughs> uh, the basement of the Capitol now has morphed into a secret dungeon. I think it's secret dungeon. Uh, although there's a lot about uh, the Pokemon uh, mystery dungeon, this is the secret dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds so weird. So hashtag secret dungeon is probably going to be trending pretty soon. Hashtag the Gordon problem. And then, of course, my favorite today, hashtag Devin Nunes is an idiot. <laughs> it's just uh, he had so many it's just untrue things to say. Adam Schiff is just sitting there like, oh, my God, just I mean, not making any faces, just sitting very measured and mm, you go ahead little buddy i've seen like 15 year old boys in high school debate club do a better job than he's doing <laughs> yeah it, it yeah I, I i'm why can't we party with the hadians i'm totally doing uh <laughs> i'm thinking of clueless now <laughs> it doesn't say rsvp on the statue of liberty <laughs> <laughs> love alicia silverstone i know she's so rad i'm all red I'm trying to make you as white as I can. This <laughs> just works on so many levels. All right. So Secret Dungeon, I think, is going to be the name of this episode. And or I mean, I don't know. What do you what do you think? Much Impeach or uh, the Gordon Problem or Secret Dungeon? Ooh, I like the Gordon Problem. Very apt considering today's. Testament. If you're hearing this Wednesday morning, yeah, and yeah, testimony. it is going to be the Gordon problem yeah. for reals. He's got a lot of problems. He's got 99 problems, and Schiff ain't one. Sorry, <laughs> he is totally one. That um, was really dumb and wrong. Uh, I don't have <laughs> any final thoughts today, um, other than just thank you all so much, and uh, I appreciate all the supportive emails for my husband and uh my chosen family and uh you guys are all part of my chosen family and you give me uh, you give me purpose and meaning and um these opening statements are just killing me so thank you good shit all right good things are happening they are this is what we've been waiting for this is the light at the end of the tunnel he mm-hmm. will be impeached 100 percent. i guarantee you he'll be impeached in the how house. do you possibly wriggle out of this Sunland is good. It's just going to be so fun to watch because he's just such a wormy looking dude. Tune in today for the Gordon problem. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And for, uh, oh, and uh, Jordan's back tomorrow. Yes. Woo-hoo, Jordan will be back tomorrow. So we'll see her then. And everyone, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Mandy Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>